What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Remote Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joseph King, and joining me is my other host, the most handsome man, his side of the Everglades. <laughs> Kevin Corkum. Hey, what's up, everybody? How are we doing? Uh, it's going to be a good one for you today. This is our first <laughs> inaugural episode, our first episode 01. Last week, we, we recorded our uh, introductory episode to get to know me and Kevin. Um, this week, we're bringing you some real news, some real gaming topics and podcasts. What do, what do we do here, Kevin? What is this? We are going to dive in. So we are too. If you missed last week's episode and you don't want to listen to it, that is totally fine. We're going to kind of catch you up here. We are two friends that met online playing uh, Friday the 13th, and we've been playing games together ever since. It's been almost, we're coming up on four years now, I think. So it's been a while. We've always wanted to do a podcast, so we started doing it. We call it Remote Gaming. We uh, record uh, on uh, an app called Zencaster because Joseph lives in Texas and I live in Orlando, Florida. So we're uh, that's why we're remote gaming. We decided to start a podcast. We thought it was a good name, and here we are. It's our first episode. We're excited. We're going to... Every week, we're going to be running through news topics. Uh, we're going to start with news. We're going to go into what we've been playing. And, uh, and then we're going to have a topic of the week. So we're going to... Always this, good to get that news out of the way, right? Yeah, we want to make sure we're getting the news up front. That way, if you're coming in for the news, you can get it. Hear our opinions on what's going on in the gaming industry and uh, and move on if that's what you're here for. But if you want to hear what we've been playing and uh, our experiences with what's out right now or what we've been playing, we're, we're both, you know, Play current games, of course, but we both, you know, I know Joseph's been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey and I started Dragon Age Inquisition this week. So we both have been playing older games as well. So we want to make sure that we're getting all of that content to you guys in a great, concise, clear way. For sure, for sure. And we're like, like Kevin had mentioned, um, you know, stick around for that main topic because uh, this week's main topic is going to be all about next gen and our thoughts on everything that comes along with that. Uh, but with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and get into some news. Kevin, what's our first news topic of the week? We're going to be talking about the Xbox Series X quote unquote gameplay reveal. Now, a lot of people, there was, was a lot there of gameplay in that reveal. <laughs> no, there really wasn't. There was no gameplay. They, uh, you know, listed a, a lot of games, which there were no first party. So it was all third party support. Uh, there, a lot of people were upset that Halo wasn't shown there, you know, said it was going to be a launch title and we haven't seen anything. They've gone dark on it. People are people are a little worried. I, I don't think they should be. I think it's going to be OK. But uh, the let me get into this uh, this article by Eurogamer written by Wesley Yinpool. Uh, I just pulled out a little excerpt here. Microsoft has responded to criticism of this week's Xbox Series X gameplay reveal, admitting it had set wrong expectations for fans. The company had tested Xbox Series X gameplay for the special Inside Xbox show, but the gameplay was in short supply as Microsoft issued a raft of trailers from third-party publishers and developers. Microsoft's Inside Xbox video has 33,000 dislikes on YouTube, and the comments are packed with complaints, with many saying they felt misled. Other Xbox Series X gameplay reveals on Microsoft Xbox YouTube channel have been have had seen a similar reaction. Responding to a tweet from a fan, general manager of Xbox Games Marketing and Microsoft, Aaron Greenberg, held his hands up. Quote, we had not said anything and had we not had said, okay, had we not said anything and just shown Xbox inside. Okay, let me restart. He tweeted this so he had to mess around his words so he could hit the character. No, you're frame. good. You're good. Had we not said anything and just shown 
May inside Xbox show like we did last month, I suspect reactions may have been different. Clearly, we set some wrong expectations, and that's on us. We appreciate all the feedback and can assure you we will take it all and learn as a team, end quote. So Hmm. there was a lot of backlash after this. I remember I watched the last, uh, I probably watched the last 10 minutes of it. Uh, I was, I woke up late, well, quarantine. So I watched the last, I watched the last, caught the last 10 minutes when they were showing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I, I was like, there's no gameplay here. And I was like, well, there must have been a lot of gameplay previous that I just must have missed. But no, there wasn't any gameplay. And uh, it's it's kind of they, being... They ended with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And that was like the big thing that I think a lot of people were waiting for. And even it, I went and re- back and watched that. And there's... Unless they're considering what was inside active cutscenes, there wasn't much gameplay shown. No, no, not at all. And I think that was a, a big misstep for Xbox right out the gate. For the big gameplay reveal, not having any gameplay, not showing anything of real substance in that way, right? How are things going to work? Menus, load times, all of these things, which is what players want to see. That's what I want to see. Cutscenes have been looking great since PS2 era, you know? Like, they've, yeah. And it, it sucked for Xbox as a whole because ever since the announcement of Series X that they did, and pretty much with the exception of... Uh, the beginning of this generation when they kind of missed the mark and had the connect, you know, bundled in and always internet connected and always on and, you know, trying to market it as a uh, media device uh, when they first launched Xbox has kind of saved their own ass. They've, they've, they've been knocking things out of the park. Xbox games pass uh, for Xbox one and PC is a phenomenal deal right now. It's not like uh, PlayStation now where you're just live streaming the games. You're streaming that game. You're not, uh, Xbox Game Pass has it. You know, you actually download the game and you own that as long as you're paying your subscription. Uh, so, I mean, Xbox as a as a brand has pretty much been killing it this second half of the console generation uh, with the exception of really, really good exclusives, which Sony has. Uh, but this definitely was a missed mark, I think. And there, it was definitely, I definitely think they missed the opportunity since they've already shown what the Xbox series X is going to look like. As far as a console, we haven't seen the PS five. I think this was a missed mark to really kind of get a, get in, get ahead of the competition. If you want to call it that, I know me and you don't view it as a competition, but a lot of people do. And it's still the Microsoft is still a different company than Sony. Their end goal is to make money. And this was definitely not the right track. I think to start off on um, offering these mixed opinions. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I was very disappointed with it to be honest. And it made me a little worried for the Xbox Series X and the, I don't want to say, I mean, for basically what the higher ups at Xbox are thinking. Uh, it really was a massive, massive misstep. You can't say it's a gameplay reveal and not show any gameplay. They must have thought about this before they had it. They Someone must have said, hey, there's actually no gameplay in this. And they were, oh, well, you know, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. People won't care. They just want to see next gen. And that's not true. People want, I mean, we know what next gen is going to look like in the sense of cutscenes and things like that. It's going to be better, but the things that are going to set next gen, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later on, is, is going to be the load times. It's going to be what they can process, what the systems are processing up front and on the back end, not necessarily right. the cutscenes. Yeah, it's, it, I'm, you know me, I've, I've said before, like I, I, I play Switch 
PlayStation and PC. I, I own PC. I don't see the reason to own an Xbox because all of their first party games that are going to come out in the future, the next Halo, uh, things like that. Gears 5 was on PC. Everything that they call a first party game is making the move to PC for the most part. Um, so I don't see the uh, reason to own one. And as somebody who feels that way, this is not really a good step in trying to convince me to buy your product. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I don't own an Xbox right now. I've been thinking about picking one up just to play a couple of the exclusives over there, but I don't see a reason to take the Xbox One X over the PS5 right now uh, based on that and based on sure. what we haven't seen of Halo. It's just a little, it's a little, uh, it's a little concerning, I think. And I, I think gamers are, are keen on that. I think they're really looking at what Xbox is saying and they're taking, they're treading lightly because of what Absolutely. happened last generation. Yeah. It, and I mean, that's the nail on the head. I mean, like you can't have the screw ups that they had at the beginning. Do you remember that when the Xbox one came out and it was, uh, they, it, I, I had one, I had a launch Xbox one. Um, it, it was bundled with the connect. It was, uh, I think it was $500. Um, and you know, it was, Oh, had to always be connected to the internet. Uh, you had to have the connect connected or no, you did not have to have the connect connected, but it, I mean, it, that was part of their shtick was they were trying to really hammer in that next uh, upgrade from the original connect that was on the 360. Mm-hmm. Um, they were bas- basically tethering. Like they wanted you to connect your cable device to this box. It had a deal where you inputted your uh, satellite or cable and it was basically your all in one media machine. And on paper, that sounds great. But when people buy a video game console, what do they buy that to play that for? Yeah, exactly. You buy it to play games, games. That's what it's all about. You know, Sony whooped their ass this generation with first party exclusives um, with, like you said, I I know Xbox did that thing where they acquired a lot of studios. I think the acquisition of uh, Obsidian is huge. I think that's really good for them. Um, But from what I'm gathering from Xbox anyway, and Phil Spencer made kind of a quote, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here. um, He said it a few months ago that the goal, and this might've been like last year's E3 or something, but the goal of Xbox is to branch out. That's why they did that partnering with Nintendo. There was some speculation that you were going to see Games Pass on Switch. Um, I doubt that happens, but it wouldn't surprise me if you do start to see ports of these Microsoft games um, on Nintendo and and even Sony. Um, So I think that they're trying to uh, realize, I think they realize, hey, we don't have the studios like Naughty Dog, Insomniac, Sucker Punch, uh, like Sony does. But what we do have is our availability and our ability to offer something that is, you know, made right here in America. Um, technically, I think they're even. I think I still think they're assembled overseas. But you get what I'm saying. Like, yes, I think they're trying to reach, not necessarily concede defeat, but uh, a, a way to um, play to their own strengths. And this did this this didn't sell it for me, and um, we'll we'll just see how it goes. And I'm sure it'll they'll turn it around. It is Microsoft, but uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, all this all this happened on the so this happened, and then uh, Sony comes out with a PS5 tech demo unveiling. Well, actually, it was uh, Epic, Games Epic Games did it with the Unreal Five reveal, but their tech was uh, demonstrated on a PS5. Have you seen that? I have. Yes. Yeah. So 
this is kind of Sony's, I think, response to the Xbox gameplay reveal. They said you know, it's a perfect time to release this. So they they threw it out there, not saying that it's not going to run on Xbox the same way it's going to run on PlayStation. It probably is. However, PlayStation ends up getting the points here because they were the ones who partnered with Epic Games to really make and this show gameplay. <laughs> yeah, they showed gameplay. They showed tech. They showed how it would run. They showed draw distance. They showed lighting, all this stuff that we hadn't seen before and yep. is not possible on the current gen software it's just no, it, not it's if you haven't looked this up go look up uh, unreal 5 unreal engine 5 slash ps5 tech demo uh what you get is about a i'd say maybe a eight three, minute eight is it eight it's like around eight minutes i think yeah eight minute gameplay of uh it's an untitled game it may not even come to existence they may have just created it to be a tech demo um but it is just gorgeous. The lighting effects. Um, I showed it to my wife who doesn't play video games. And she said everything, but the character, like if I was just looking at that, I would feel like I was looking at a, a photograph of an environment. Yeah. They're, they're really, they're putting photorealism towards the front here. Uh, especially Epic is really trying to get that. I thought the character, I thought she looked a little Fortnite-y because, uh, you know, obviously it was built on Unreal and it's Epic, but I thought that was and a little funny. It looked like a cool Epic skin. You know, I think they probably, this is obviously, if it is from a video game, it's probably not a finished product. And so, um, you know, the, all the triangles they talked about. You don't forget the triangles, Kevin. <laughs> you can't, you can't forget the triangles. A billion triangles. I hate when video game companies do that and they try to like say, hey, this is our thing. And, and look at it and look at the dots and the teraflops. What the fuck does that mean? I don't Nothing. care. Just show me the game. Make it look pretty. Right. Make it look good about. and make it run good. Run you know, good. make it run well. Make sure that it is 60 frames per second. Make sure it's running like butter. That's what we want from this next generation. And uh, yeah, I, it was very, very impressive. I was I was blown away, honestly, by what they showed. Now, obviously, we've been shown things like this in the past. The Killzone uh, is is infamous for this. They showed the, the Killzone gameplay reveal. Uh, was it Killzone 2 or Killzone 3? I can't remember, but it was amazing. It looked incredible. And it, it, was, it was Killzone uh, 4, right? The one that came to, or is there 4? I can't remember. The one I that came to was, PS4. It was the one that, it was a launch title for PS4. I, but I feel like the tech demo that I'm talking, I think it was on PS3. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like it was an older one. And that, that tech never made it. I just, I, oh, it never, it never was in it. You might be right on that. Yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty I sure the it one was, I'm talking about was a trailer for the one that's on PS4, and uh, yeah, which is Killzone 4, I believe. And that one, I was their tech demo for the PS4. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, but you're saying that this did not make it into? No, it was nothing like product. it. So you, you know, you have to take all of these tech demos with a grain of salt here. Yes, they could look like this, but they're also it's a vertical slice of the game. The systems are not rendering anything in the background. So this is the, the full power. We probably won't see games look exactly like this, but they will be able to take pieces and throw them in here with the lighting and the photorealism. And uh, Battlefront 2 is a big... They they did everything similarly. They did the whole photorealism environment stuff, which yeah, is why that Dice, game looks fucking engine. gorgeous. Frostbite? Yeah, Frostbite. Being, it, it makes games look great. They just kind of run like shit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a limitation of the hardware. Um, like you, you were saying, like, I mean, that's that's our big uh, shtick that we'll get into uh, when we get to talk about uh, next gen. But I mean, I think frame rate is prioritized in most game gamers' opinions over fidelity because 
I don't really care if it's in 4K. Yeah, if it can look great, that's great. But I want a game that can. I think I think 60 frames per second minimum is not that. I mean, obviously we're not game developers, but I think asking for 60 frames per second is not a big. Uh, tall order for these next gen consoles. And um, if they're prioritizing fidelity again, which I get it, 8K TVs are supposed to be coming out. No way. Yeah, no, I think they're already, they're already one in development that's like a prototype that for Samsung, I think they did. I just yeah, can't, 8, 8K I just can't, be a thing. Ugh, I can't, I can't get behind all the, 8K. All the yet. triangles, Kevin. I know. I just, I mean, 4K now is so affordable. So of course they're going to try and push it to the next you know, the next thing, but it's going to be really, really expensive. Oh, for sure. It's going to be unbelievably expensive. I don't know who in their right mind is going to go out and, and spend $2,000 on a, on an 8k TV right away. It's going to take a long time. So I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. So the next piece of news is actually similar to what we're talking about. So we can just kind of roll right in, which is Assassin's Creed Valhalla Xbox series X is going to run at a minimum of 30 frames per second. So this came after the, the gameplay reveal, they were asked more questions and kind of pressed, right? Well, it says, well, no, how they're getting away with it is they're saying that it's, it's the, it's a minimum of, so it's not going to drop under 30 frames, but they didn't say it was going to run at 60. So you're thinking it's going to run at a solid locked 30 frames per second. That's what they're saying. Is, 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 is they, did they, I have, excuse me, I have not read this article yet. Have they stated that it is going to be locked at 30 or they're just saying that those using those words minimum 30 they're but using for, but they're prioritizing 4k over performance correct yes that's what they said they basically said that they're working on reducing load times and they built the game in native 4k so what that what everyone has been speculating from that is that basically they're going to most likely lock it right around 30 FPS so that they can get the resolution as high as possible. So the game on the, you know, looks really great, but the frame rate's going to be locked at 30. So um, it's not like it's going to have like an HDR option where you can turn it up and, and go to 4K. No, you're stuck at 4K. Even if you don't have a 4K TV, you're getting that fidelity over performance. There's no like uh, performance mode like in God of War and some other games like that. They have not released anything uh, of those. Mm, yeah, I don't like it, that. I don't either. And this is this is another thing. Is is I mean, I have a 4K TV. It's a it's a it's a decent you know it's a decent 4K TV. Uh, I have a 1080p monitor that I play on too uh, over at my desk. I just I can't wrap my head around 30 frames per second anymore. I can't do it. I just don't. I know God of War ran at 30 frames per second and all these things, but. I I don't. No, you can do performance in that though. I played it. You can. I played I it in performance 45, too. Forty five, I think. But yeah, like it's, that's just kind of absurd. It's twenty twenty, yeah. and you know, uh, for even some of these games that are on PS four and Xbox One, like we've tried to play Destiny two, and I I play it on PC and I play it on PS four with you, and even on a pro, that thing in a, in a competitive match it dips below twenty sometimes. Absolutely, and it, it's it's absurd. Like it is so hard to play. And especially for a first person shooter, you can't do that. But I mean, I get this. This is a third person action adventure game. They want you to go, ooh, but nobody does that. Nobody stops and just looks at the environment. I mean, I do sometimes, but I'm there to play a game, right? Right. And that's the thing is, is we're going to talk about Ghost of Tsushima uh, or Tsushima. I, I, I can't remember exactly how to pronounce it. But Tsushima. We'll, 
Tsushima. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Assassin's Creed games, you run from one point to another point, right? On the mini map, it's, it's, you go from this place to this place and you run there as quick as you can, right? To get things done, get this mission done, whatever. There's not a whole lot of stopping and smelling the roses. Uh, there, I mean, you can, but it's a point A to point B objective based open world. And while the games look incredible, they really do. I just can't think that building it in native 4K and not adding an option to play at 60 frames per second with a lower graphical fidelity isn't it just that how attack. is that yeah how is it that difficult you're building this on next gen this is supposed to be huge you've had these consoles for 2 3 years now you know what the specs were going to be you knew what was going to happen build it build it right yeah I, I, that's that's definitely a step in the wrong direction and you know i think uh seeing the tech demo, I think that they did for um, watchdogs. What is it going to be called? Oh my gosh. Legion. Watchdogs. Watch Legion. Yeah. Uh, there's bits and pieces of watching that. It, it is gameplay footage and it looks like it's running over th- at least, at least 40 to 50 frames in that. And it's, that's the same company that's developing these games. I don't understand why you would prioritize one to be ran a certain way. Now, granted, that's just my speculation, but I mean, if you go back and watch that trailer, it looks like it's definitely running better than, uh, we, I mean, we don't know. We didn't get any gameplay from Valhalla. So <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why they did that. They were like, Oh shit, we better put in a performance mode. And, and yeah. that's the thing with good thing about these games that are not out yet. These consoles that are not out yet. Uh, it gives time for feedback and to, uh, say, okay, that's what they want. Let's try to put it in. So, right. Hopefully they saying can... it's 4K native. I don't know if that's going to be possible. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But all right, next news topic here. We're going to talk about Ghost of Tsushima gameplay reveal. Now, this is a gameplay reveal. This is how you introduce a game, right? You talk about... Gorgeous. Oh, my God. I mean, not only does it look gorgeous, it looks like it plays really, really well. And Sucker Punch games always play well. I've, I've never had an issue with any of their controls or anything, but... They're always, they build amazing environments, and this looks like it's going to be another incredible, incredible environment to play in. And uh, I was talking earlier about Assassin's Creed and how you kind of move from one point on the map to another point on the map, and it's it's very, uh, not as environmentally and capturing as There's other games are. a lot of shit are. on the screen, right? Yeah, a lot of HUD, and this game does not look that way. The wind guides you to your next objective. I mean, come on, that's that's great stuff. That's very innovative, cool stuff. And smokestacks in the distance for objectives and things like that, it's going to make you feel more immersed in that world. And you will stop and smell the roses, and I think they want you to because the game looks gorgeous. Well, and you touched on it earlier. I think you were about to say it before I rudely interrupt you, and I'm sorry. But tell tell them about how this is how you do a gameplay reveal because of how they talked to you and told you what was happening on screen. Yeah, so they broke everything down bit by bit. So they talked about, uh, you know, stealth gameplay. They talked about more of your tank gameplay. And then they talked about the world and how they built the world. And they talked about uh, their vision for the game. Right. Not just here's some cool gameplay of of this guy fucking shit up. It's it's very much. Hey, this is our battle system. This is what it's like when, you know, you have standoffs like traditional, you know, uh, samurai movies. And there's a mode that if you want to play your cool samurai movie, you can turn on a black and white mode. 
and sit there and play like an old samurai style. All of those things, the attention to detail that they put into this game, it's incredible. And it, and I, I hope it pays off for them because they put very clearly an insane amount of care and time into this title. I'm hoping that it doesn't get completely eclipsed by The Last of Us Part Two. Um, and that people don't want to buy two games success, you know, in months with economic times and all of that stuff. I'm really hoping that it still sells well, because from what I've seen, the game looks amazing. Yeah, I I really hope that uh, that is my own one caveat to this game. I think it's going to be an amazing game. I think uh, the gameplay looks phenomenal. Um, This game has been in development since 2014 when The Last Infamous came out. So six years in development, this this, uh, studio has been working on this. And I have no doubt that they're going to hit their mark. Um, If you've played any of the Infamous games, you know that they can do open worlds really well. I know when Spider-Man, before it came out, a lot of people were speculating that Sucker Punch was going to be the ones developing this because they knew how to do open world games and like, oh, well, who better to make an open world New York City than Sucker Punch? But it, it turned out to be Insomniac and they did a phenomenal job with that, too. Um, that just kind of proves the creed of Sony is killing it. But this like the, the gameplay system looks great. It's so like they did that like it was on the screen for like two seconds and it showed their map. The map is huge. Mm hmm. And, you know, the visual fidelities that you're getting, uh, there's a point where the character Jin, I believe is his name, is he's walking across a cliff looking down at a, at a valley. And it, you can tell it's definitely running at a, at a high frame rate. Um, I like that they are incorporating the combat looks phenomenal. Oh, yeah. um, I like that there's gore. Um, it, it, this, is, this is the samurai game. People, like I, if you're a fan of Tenchu, like I was back in the day, uh, Sekiro kind of nulled that itch, but it was more... Uh, Souls-like than Tenchu was a third-person action adventure game. It was the dif- difficulty in Sekiro kind of took away from that. This is, I think, itching that uh, samurai game that we want. Not not disrespect to Sekiro or uh, Neo, but this this game looks phenomenal. But like you had said, I, I do I am concerned that they didn't delay this a little bit because I I want this game to succeed. Honestly, as much as excited I am, and I think it probably will win Game of the Year, Last of Us 2, uh, this has potential because it's a new IP. It's something nobody's heard of, and I, I, I wish it the best. I feel like we're in a, this is, The Last of Us is going to be this year's Zelda, and her, Ghost of Tsushima will be this year's Horizon. I, I agree with you. I, I, I think it's going to be phenomenal, and I don't, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not easily impressed, but it wasn't necessarily... I was already sold on the game from what we had seen before, uh, and this gameplay reveal just sealed the deal for me. I'm, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to play it. it it's going to be it's going to be an experience, which is what I want from a Sony first-party game. I want to sit down and have an awesome experience, yeah. hands down. I, I want it to play well. I want it to run well, and for the most part... Sony does a really great job with that. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about the Ghost of Tsushima gameplay reveal. Anything else to add, Joseph? Uh, no, I, I think that you pretty much nailed everything on the head for me. Um, I'm just really excited about it. But, yeah, I, I don't even know if I'll be done by, with The Last of Us Part Two by the time that game comes out. <laughs> I probably will. I'm going to binge that game. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be done with it most likely in a week, The Last of Us Part Two. I'm just going to. I'm not going to be able to do anything but play that game. I, I have Just a feeling. Just no so. go, go hard or go home. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All What's right, our last so the, bit of news? Last bit of news is uh, Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing has uh, 
sold 11.77 million copies in 11 days, the fastest selling Switch game. So, you know, this is, it's insane. Uh, it, congratulations to Nintendo. Congratulations to all those Animal Crossing fans. Uh, my girlfriend loves it. And uh, it's, it's a great game. I watch her play it a lot. It looks fun. It's not for me, but there are, Animal Crossing is such a unique game in that it appeals to gamers who don't always game or people who played games when they were younger and had Animal Crossing. But, you know, oh, there's a new one to go out, buy Switch. You can't even buy a Switch right now again. Uh, it, it, Nintendo is killing it in this game. For they sure. delayed it, and I'm glad they delayed it because they the polish is incredible. I mean, there's not a technical problem. There's not a weird thing. No one's complaining about anything really in the game that I can find. It's just it's a work of art, and it's fantastic. People love it, and it's giving them something to do during this crazy Corona time. Yeah. So you have played it. I have. Yeah, I've played. I, I, I play for my girlfriend sometimes. I grab the controller and I'll play around for like, you know, an hour or so. And uh, well, I pl- probably played for about an hour or so total, but so I watch I, her play a lot. So I am one of those gamers. I play pretty much everything under the sun. And I because of the hype of this game, I didn't play the first one because this is the second one, correct? Well, no, the there age. was uh, I think it's the third or fourth iteration. They had a couple on the on the DS. OK, Um I don't understand the appeal to it. I'm going to be completely honest, but I haven't researched it enough. Like I'm going, I'm speaking ignorance to that because I don't know. So why don't you describe to me as well as some of the other listeners, why is this such a hit game? What's, what's addicting about this? Why do people want to play this? What's, what is it, what it's, what's it about? So it is the best part. You know, when you play destiny and you have all your dailies and your weeklies, imagine right. logging on every time and there's something to do. There's always an improvement you can make to your island. There's always uh, a new room that you can build on your home. There are more people that you can invite to stay on your island and build your island. And so every, you know, every time my girlfriend goes in, I think it's Saturdays or Sundays, one, you know, you, they buy turnips, right? You go to this guy, you buy turnips. I, I can't remember how many bells is the, is the, um, the currency in, in Animal Crossing. Well, there's two currencies, there's bells, and then there's Nook Miles. Nook Miles, you can travel to Friends Islands. And all this stuff. So basically on your island, you have a native fruit and that native fruit is worth X amount of bells if you sell it. But if you go to other islands and collect other fruit and build them on your island, you get more money per fruit because they're not native to your island. It goes on and on and on. And you can personalize pretty much everything from your clothes to how your rooms look to how uh, your island is laid out to rivers and all kinds of crazy stuff that my girlfriend has built, I mean, gardens and an amusement park, like all kinds of ridiculous, fun stuff. And it, there's Basically always like something Sims to City do. For, for animals. Yes, it, it's very it's it's very much like The Sims and it's very much like uh, what's the other game? Uh, Stardew Valley. Okay. It's very much task oriented. You go, you do things, you sell things, you collect things. Uh, you buy things. It's it's a simulator. Big, big kill of time, basically. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I hate, I hate games like that, but I respect I respect anybody that like like we said on our intro episode. Don't ever feel embarrassed by anything that you play. Love what you play because that's why we're all here. We're all here for the, the share our love for video games. So, congratulations to Nintendo Switch and Animal Crossing because that's a huge number. Um, you know, if you're a fan of it, keep keep on uh, uh, 
keep playing away because you'll be a virgin forever. So yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've seen this either. So you know, uh, Gary Wood. He wrote uh, Rogue One and um, Book of Eli, a couple other things. He has a nightly talk show that he does inside Animal Crossing. So people come to his island. Elijah Wood has been on it. Um, T Pain has been on it. Oh, and he does he, it inside the he game. He does it inside the game. He runs okay, it from. Yeah, the- that's kind of fucking cool. I mean, there's so much creativity going on in this community. It's unbelievable. It's a great community. People are really, really taking to it. And it. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes because I, I would, think it's only going to get more popular. I would love to check it out. I'm not going to pay $60 for that. And that's the thing that sucks is that's the one bad thing about the Nintendo online shop. They never put their games on sale, their first party games ever. They're always all $60. Like I want to play the rem- remake of Link's Awakening and, uh, or not, not Link's Awakening. Um, damn it. Oh man. I can't think of the name of it either. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about and yep. it's, uh, it's, it's still 60 bucks and it looks cute. It looks awesome. It looks fun, but I'm not paying 60 bucks for that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Well, that wraps up the news segment. We're going to move on to now with, uh, what we have been playing. Joseph, if you would like to start. Uh, sure. Um, so I'll give off the little boring things that I've been playing because it's just kind of I haven't had anything that's piqued my interest that's came out new, but uh, I've been playing obviously the a multiplayer aspect of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, rebeat The Last of Us. I've played that game like 12 times, so yeah. there really is no need for me to go back and play that again. But I just want to just to have that story and all of its characters uh, fresh in my mind before it begins. Um, I'm a Destiny 2 player. I'm grinding out all my stuff. I think I'm power level. 1012 right now just just trying to grind through some destiny i know a lot of people don't like it and but um there is a large community that do i'm one of those people it's fun uh but the game that i did want to talk about uh touch on that i have been playing recently uh is assassin's creed odyssey i don't know what it is about me it's usually uh there's just always so many other things that i want to play and assassin's creed is kind of always just assassin's creed but I always take a year off, it seems like. And um, I didn't get to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey when it came out uh, in 2018. Um, so I'm touching it now for the first time. And I got it on PC currently. If you're listening and you're a PC player, uh, it is on sale on the Epic Game Store. I know that's a, those are some curse words to a lot of <laughs> loyal to Steam. But it is on sale on the Epic Game Store for $19.99. And then uh, they also give you a $10 discount. Uh, so I was able to get this game for $9. And it is just, it's a phenomenal game for that price. It's literally a steal. Um, I'm playing through, have you played it? No, I haven't. I, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since Assassin's Creed 3. I was burnt out. I haven't played. And I know they're great. I know. I just was really burnt out. out so. you, you, you got burnt out before the best one ever came out. That's yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah it, it is uh, it is but this one's up there man and i'm only about maybe four hours into it um i'm playing as cassandra uh, you get to play as two characters cassandra or alexios uh, they are brother and sister and uh, i'm playing as cassandra currently it takes place in uh, like 400 bc uh, greece uh, you're there uh, with uh, the game starts out in this awesome segment have you seen the movie 300 yes so you start the game playing as King Leonidas. Oh, that's cool. Fighting with his 300 against the uh, the Persians. That's really, really cool. That's how the game starts off. Like that scene, it's it doesn't tie into the movie at all because it is a historical event. Um, but you start the game as King Leonidas. You're fighting in the rain on the edge of a cliff. You're fighting all the Persian soldiers and stuff like that. 
and it hasn't really explained where King Leonidas sits into the story. And then you, it goes in through the, you know, your basic mumbo jumbo of present day Assassin's Creed, Animus Talk, Abstergo. And then you go back in and you play as that's who I'm playing as Cassandra. And this is, this game is beautiful. Um, I'm playing on PC. I've, I've got a, my graphics card is not that great, um, but it's, it's pretty decent enough that I'm getting a, uh, pretty much medium to high settings and getting over 60 frames per second. So this game looks great. I, I can imagine it probably make my PS4 pro sound like a jet engine. <laughs> um, but it's, it's such a fun game. Um, I really like the last two. I kind of like this where Assassin's Creed is heading, which makes me excited for Valhalla because I am interested in the Nordic setting. Right. Um, but because Assassin's Creed origins, uh, was more of an RPG. And so is this. And uh, I like where they're going with it. This has dialogue choices. Uh, you can choose to flirt with certain people to kind of either get what you want. I think it does have the uh, room for romance options. So it's kind of cool to see at least they aren't just cranking out Madden every year. You know what I mean? And not tweaking really much anything. At least they are trying to evolve the series. And I think that's really cool. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I might pick it up. Uh, I, I will most likely play Valhalla. I'll probably get back into the series then, but we'll, we'll see. I, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I know a lot of people love it and it looks like a beautiful game. I'm sure I would like it if I, if I, if I played, I'm working through a bunch of other games at the moment, but, uh, yeah, like you, said, you could probably just write it out until Valhalla at this point. Yeah. Um, what have you been playing, man? Well, uh, I've been playing a lot. I've been playing, I, I'm pl- playing a lot of games, but I've been playing Streets of Rage 4. This is a game I've been playing. I got it on the Switch. And it is a it's the fourth installment in an old Sega Genesis uh series. Uh one, two, and three came out in the for the Sega Genesis, I think in the early 1990s. It is oh, yeah. a, was, was a fun game. I used to play the old ones. Oh man. And this one is as near perfect as you can get for a beat-em-up. It's uh, amazing the soundtrack is incredible the gameplay is phenomenal the characters uh right now i'm about halfway through uh, and i've been taking my time i haven't used any of like the um it's pretty difficult it it gets difficult at at parts and i haven't yet gone to use any of the assist options so i've just been playing with your standard uh two lives through these stages and you know they have your classic uh you know beat them up the elevator scenes and things like that where you can get thrown off the edge and die and all that kind of stuff so i've been playing through playing through that it is great and you can also unlock all of the old classic characters as well so, so I haven't seen much of this one. I've seen maybe I knew it was coming back and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, is it still, you know, side scrolling yep. uh, 2D ish, 2.5D beat beat'em up yep. kind of? Okay. It is exactly like the originals made for today. Can you and play like say if I were to buy it, could we play together? And is it online capable? It is online capable. Yep. So uh, it's not I don't think it's cross play, but you can definitely play online which is uh, i've had some fun I, I got stuck on a level and i've been playing solo but i it's, i was like stuck are you playing on? i'm playing on switch I got, I got it on the switch uh and so i i i it's on everything right yep it's on ps4 everything but i mean to be to be honest i don't see why i would want to play it on ps4 over switch this is one of those games that work so well on the switch because it doesn't need like the you know, the most graphic fidelity ever, because there are a lot of settings. A lot of people are playing the game on, uh, they have settings that you can make it look retro. 
So you can make it look like the old games. They just, the attention to detail and the amount of care and love that they put into this thing is unbelievable. How much, how much did you pay for it? Oh, I want to say it was 30 or 40, something like that. I mean, like you're, you're selling me on it because like I said, I looked at it, I saw it. I was like, Oh cool. I used to play that in the arcades when I was a kid. Um, and then I, that's pretty much all I thought about it. But you're kind of selling me on it. And I, I think it sounds great for, like you said, the Switch to be able to play that on the go. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it's it's easy to jump in and jump out. The levels themselves aren't too long. About, you know, one level, if you're, if you're playing through it, it ranges between, I'd say, like 10 and 15, 16 minutes. And there's, uh, I don't know how many stages. I'm not done yet. But I'm on stage like 10. And I feel like the game's probably halfway through. Um, so there's probably around 20-ish stages uh, it's just really good. It, the game runs really well. Obviously, I mean, it shouldn't have any issues like that. But the game plays great. They bring back classic bad guys, and it's it's a beat 'em up. So you've got your characters that are massively OP, and every time you see them on the screen, you want to you know take get rid of those guys first and come back. And it brings back it scratches that old school gaming itch. Those are the games I really love to play. Uh, you know, go dating back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Then it came to Genesis and, and NES or SNES. Uh, you know, that game I played so much. I just love that style of game. And this is one of the best ones I've ever played. Cool. I, I'm, I think I may check that out for sure. Um, what else have you been playing? Uh, I, I jumped into the new Apex season. I played about two or three hours of the new Apex season. It's still Apex um it's very much the same it feels the same the i haven't played the new character yet uh she looks cool loba right i think is what her name is loba or something like that yeah she's got like a cool staff um she's she's supposed to be another healing character i i think is what i've read okay okay yeah i mean i've enjoyed it i've been playing more call of duty switching from apex to call of duty is weird for me uh the shooting feels better in Modern Warfare, but the movement feels better in Apex. So it's a weird trade-off when I switch back and forth because I've also been playing Warzone. Um, getting back into that, I really enjoy Warzone. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't like the solo queue right now. It's like if you have a certain amount of money, you can just respawn and you don't go to the Gulag. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that one at all. I don't like it. Um, it's not nearly as fun to me uh, because every time I kill someone, they just spawn right back on their dead body and try and kill you again. It's just, it, it, it's not a fun loop. The solos suck, but uh, trios yeah, are still I, fun. I, I've i kind of taken a break from Warzone. I don't think I've played it since me and you played it last, and I think that's been almost over a month. Yeah. Um, it's great. I think it's the best BR out there. I think I think that you just touched on the two best battle royales, uh, Warzone and Apex. I think are doing it better than anybody right now. Yeah, um, I agree. And if you're a fan of like Fortnite and stuff, like we said, that's cool too. I you still enjoy play Fortnite. Play. I do too. I've kind of gotten back into it. Um, uh, we've we won a couple of matches. I'd like to play that again. But uh, the thing with Call of Duty is like I've just kind of been playing the multiplayer again. Um, it's. I, I don't want to play Warzone until they add duos. I'm just not. I, I, I It's so hard for me sometimes to get four people together. I don't like playing with randoms. Um, so I, until they add duos, I really probably am not going to touch Warzone. Yeah, they need duos. They need it bad. Uh, and they're basically trolling their community at this point. Because every time <laughs> I see them post an update, I'll click on their Twitter. And it's just like chock full of duos, duos, duos. Where's duos? They they they're just not doing it for some reason. I I don't know what the bill is with that. Yeah, I don't know either. They might I launch it with a new season or something. I don't know. Yeah, I bet before the end of summer we'll see it. 
Yeah. I mean, if they added duos, I don't think anybody would play quads anymore. Uh, you know, maybe trios, but I, I don't know. I, I, they're, they're probably doing it to save the numbers, but they have Warzone. So I've, I've been playing and there's, been, there's a lot less. It, yeah. I don't see what the problem is. Right. I don't know. There's a lot less cheaters. I will say that I haven't been killed by a cheater in a while, which is That's really cool. nice to see. It was, it was rampant there for a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah, I stopped playing for like two, three weeks because I would jump on with my friends and I had a couple friends who play on PC. We jump on and then I would get like sniped from across the map and I checked the kill cam and it was this guy using an aimbot. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. It's not fun. Uh, so I stopped I stopped playing for a while and I picked up Fortnite for a minute. Not I was like, ah, you know, I played a lot of Fortnite. I don't really play this anymore. And uh, Apex, I wasn't really, you know, wanting to play. So I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. This Oof, game, I still have not played it, and I just want to so bad. Holy shit, man! It is so good. It is so so good. The only issue I have with it is sometimes you know you play a very linear story for a while, and then it opens up, and you have a bunch of side quests that you can do, and some of the side quests just aren't fun. Um, that's really like at one point I was like going around looking for cats. I didn't finish that quest because I was like. I just don't care. I want to progress with the story. I care so much about the characters and what's going on and cloud and Tifa and everybody that that's what I want to do. I don't necessarily want all the side quests to, I'm not to here do for them. Pussy. I'm here to play a video game. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it, uh, the boss battles are amazing. Uh, every encounter is fun and dangerous. You, you're never too overpowered, which is great. And there are a lot of uh, points where the difficulty spikes. Like I just got done with this boss. I was like, I can't believe how difficult. I mean, I beat it in one try, but it took forever because I had to run away and I had to heal and I had to potion. I had to this and I had to that. Um, Is it inconsistent with that difficulty or is it more like every now and then something will ramp up? Every now and then it'll ramp up. And so it's it, not like making you not want to play the game because you're like, okay, well, that's easy and then it's hard. No, no, no. Okay. It's it's not really a huge complaint as much as it it the game challenges you to use more of your abilities and more of your tactical side at at certain points. It's like okay, you know these these are your party members, right? And they throw different enemies at you. So uh, you know this guy's better of handling enemies further away, and Tifa's great at hand to hand combat. Cloud's kind of good at both, and so you've got you know a wide variety that you can switch at any point between these characters. So you can control Tifa and you can control all these people and you switch back and forth. The combat system is, is one of the best I've seen in an RPG. It just works, uh, you know, because you can stop the battle and cast spells and special abilities uh, and time kind of slows down, which is great because you don't feel super pressured to always, you know, it's not like Kingdom Hearts where it doesn't stop, right? You have to, your spells, you have to do on the run and everything has to be quick. This, it slows down. So you have time to think about it. You can, you know, uh, okay, th- this enemy is weak to fire. So let me grab this. I'll fire. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll cast a spell, hit him with fire. I'll switch to Tifa. I'll go in. I'll punish him while he's weak. And, you know, that enemy's gone. You move on to the next guy and you can kind of handle things that way, which is, it's so nice. That was the thing I loved about Final Fantasy 15. Uh, like I said before, I'm not a JRPG fan, but uh, I love the combat in Final Fantasy 15. And this one seems to build on that and improve on it in every single way possible. So I'm really excited to pick this one up and play it. It's worth it, man. Uh, it's beautiful, too. It Now, it runs at 30 frames. 
So that's it, but it's locked. Like it does not dip. So it is pretty much locked at 30 frames, but it is so beautiful. I mean, the, the cities and everything, it's really, really great. I've I played love- the I played the original. It's one of my favorite games. It's a it's definitely my top fifty favorite games of all time, and I'm very excited about that remake. So yeah, it's it's phenomenal. What else? Anything else uh, you want to talk about? Yeah, I started playing Dragon Age Inquisition. It was five bucks on the PlayStation Store, and I'd heard so oh, much about you're going it. Back in time, I'm going way back in time. So I, I I'm like five hours in right now, and it's really fun. I mean, it's kind of scratching that RPG itch for me. Uh, when I'm not playing Final Fantasy, I need to get back to Final Fantasy. I, I recently I got to a place where it opened up a little bit and I just didn't want to do the side quests. And I feel guilty not completing side quests. I'm just kind of that person. I need to get them done. And it got to the point where I was like, OK, I had played for uh, two days in a row. I played for like 10 hours. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, put this on the back burner for a minute and come back to it. I'll probably uh, I'll probably sport a night or tomorrow. But uh, so I'll finish those side quests, and keep going. But Dragon Age it's, I mean, it's really fun. I'm playing as a rogue. Um, I always, I always laugh at the those big RPGs. The and blue you walk things. Up the, yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying the blue character from that, no. whatever the hell that thing is, like a <laughs> night devil or something. Yeah. No, I, I was talking about some of the voice acting. You know, you okay. walk up, not even just to regular NPCs, but like people who are you know part of your party, and you know, you're like, well, what should we do? You know, and you click this, and they're like, well. I don't know if we should necessarily do that. And I'm like, why are you talking like a robot? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Did they not tell you like what the situation was? Like we're in a dire situation and their voice just doesn't like, it, there's no yeah, emotion I, there. I hate, I hate when, and I, I can't make a video game, but it does, it is, it does throw you out of the immersion sometimes when the voice does not match the situation. That is and always it, a big stick with you, especially RPGs. Yeah. And as an actor, it just bothers me. Because I know that it's probably not the actor's fault. I know that it was most likely the direction or maybe the order. They said, hey, read these lines. And they didn't really give them a whole lot of exposition. Like, this is where you are. You're you're fighting this monster or whatever it might be. You know, And, and they just weren't given context to properly <laughs> play the role. So- Most video games are recorded before any gameplay is ever shown. So they they don't have any visual reference to, right. to go off of. So yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Oh, Dragon Age Inquisition when Bioware was decent. Yep. And I mean, the game's great. Uh, it really is. It's good. It, it It's uh, the combat feels really nice. Uh, it, it, I mean, it runs like a Bioware game. So it, you know, at certain points it's really janky, um, but it, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, it, it's going to keep me occupied for a while, I think. So it, it's good. I, I, I think, yeah, I think most people would agree that it, that is definitely Bioware's probably last good game. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda had its hiccups. I think it's better now, but um, it's still not up there with one, two, or three. And then Anthem was just a complete shit show. And I'm sure we'll talk about that one day on this podcast. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about Anthem at, at some point. That's pretty much everything that we have been playing ourselves this week. Uh, now we're going to go ahead and switch gears to the topic of the show, which Woo-hoo. I think is what everybody is excited about because it's summer. There's no good games coming out right now, not until next month. Yep. Um, you know, next gen. What, yep. what do we got for next gen? We got the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Now, they've said it's the Series X. That leads me to believe that it's either going to be modular or they're just going to have so many different iterations of it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that's another thing is that I, I, you, you know, we haven't heard as much from Sony about there being iter- iterations. 
Um, but Xbox had kind of set up the expectation pretty early on that every console generation is going to be iterative to some respect. So, you know, we can, we can pretty much assume that it's going to be that way. I, it honestly makes me not want to jump right on the Xbox Series X train at launch just because I know that within a year they're most likely going to have another either more powerful, smaller type console that maybe I'll jump on. Um, you know, I'm, I don't really buy discs anymore. So if it was, if it didn't have a disc drive and it was cheaper, but it had the same amount of power and everything, I'm going to jump on that console, but I'm going to have to kind of see and wait to see their, the way they market everything and how they're, what they're saying and what they're not. Basically, I think that's. And play devil's advocate for a minute. We both love Sony. I think if we had to gun to our head, uh, we would probably play PlayStation the rest of our lives before we played PC, Xbox or switch or anything else. Both of us just loving PlayStation there and their exclusives, but we haven't even seen this fucking console yet. I know. They haven't even showed what it looks like. There was this prototype and I, I, they got leaked last year and I pray to God, it does not look like that thing. Cause it is hideous. Uh, I, but I think that was the dev kit. I think so too. And I, and, and here's the thing we saw what the style is going to look like we with saw the controller, right? With the controller. Now you've got to think you've just, you got to think it's going to be something similar. It's going to be maybe, you know, the, the, the dual tone or tritone, you know, we don't really know, but it's going to be along those lines. I'm picturing and something. If the controller's white, the console is probably going to be white as well. I'm picturing something along the size of maybe a little bit taller than the Pro, but with that sleek design to it is what I'm, I'm hoping. Uh, something that you know can fit right into a, an entertainment center. Um, that's the weird thing about Series X is it's supposed to stand up and. Um, I don't know if they said if that thing can, it's a big rectangle, so I don't know if it can lay flat and go, you know, horizontally or it has to stay vertical. Um, but very, this may be the, the ugliest consoles ever, but with the prettiest visual fidelities. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's very possible. Now let's talk a little bit about the power of both of these systems, right? Yeah. Now, sorry, go ahead. You want to, you want to touch on that? Go ahead. Yeah, I just, so Overall, these consoles are going to be the Xbox is going to be more powerful, uh, but slightly, I think. Um, go for so it. Joseph. I have. I, sorry, I just I, it just irritates me because I keep hearing that 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 thought process from somebody who has. I'm not a technical wizard or anything, but I built my own PC. I know a little bit about computer parts. I'm telling you right now, as a gamer, I'm looking at the specs right now you were not going to be able to see the difference in any video game. I bet money. I'm, I, 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 if, if I'm wrong, you know, I'll, I'll eat a raw piece of chicken on the podcast or something. <laughs> I'll do something because I, I'm looking at it. Both have a CPU that's uh, made by AMD. They're both AMD Zen, Zen two CPUs, uh, which is their, I think it's their Ryzen uh, series. Um, they both have eight threads. Um, And the clock speeds, the CPU clock speed for uh, the Xbox Series X is 3.8 gigahertz. The PS5 is 3.5. Are you going to notice that speed? Probably not. Uh, The only difference is is the Xbox Series X may turn on and boot up 0.4 seconds faster than the PS5. (laughs) Uh, The GPU, they're both using a second generation uh, AMD graphics card of uh, their RDNA series. The exact same graphics card is going in it. Uh, 
um, the compute units. Now, here's where the Xbox Series X is a little bit uh, faster, uh, 52 to 36, which meaning uh, it processes the memory of the graphics card a little bit faster. And I'm not sure with it being the same graphics card and being the same CPU, I don't I'm not that like I said, I'm no technical wizard, so I'm not sure how it's computing a little bit faster. Uh, the GPU clock speed, however, and this was what makes even less sense. If the compute units for this Xbox Series X are 52 and the PS5 is 36, the GPU clock speed for the Xbox Series X is 1.825 gigahertz. The speed of the graphics card in the PS5 is 2.23 gigahertz. Now, that's actually legitimately a little bit faster graphics processing, which what that would mean probably is uh, draw distances, uh Texture pops and things like that won't happen as frequently on a PS5 as opposed to Xbox Series X in theory because the GPU clock is speeding. Sounds like they probably overclocked the GPU in the PS5. Now, with that being said, that could be bad for if you own a PlayStation 4 Pro, it sounds like an airplane, whereas an Xbox One X does not. It's not very loud at all. Mm -hmm. So with the GPU clock speed being higher, it is probably overclocked. And they probably did that last minute uh, when they released these specs to say that, well, at least ours can do this or whatever. I I think you're we may get into a situation again where the PS5 is a louder system than the Xbox Series X. Okay. Uh, they, they both come with 16 gigabytes uh, GDDR6 uh, memory. That's just the the graphics memory. Um, so like your that's basically um, in technical terms your VRAM. So. Um, that's how much uh, you, you do, you, most games today don't go over uh, six gigabytes VRAM because then you'll start to notice. But that's when you notice your frames start to drop. Uh, the engine starts to get hot and things like that. But they're both similar in that um, or exactly the same in that. Uh, the storage, the Xbox Series X is using a one terabyte NVMe SSD. And the PS5 is using the exact same, except it's 825 gigabytes. And the only difference to me is that they, they probably have something that's not listed on the Xbox Series X to uh, for like its hard drive, like how it boots and everything has to be stored. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. So they're probably using something besides that SSD. And where is it sounds like the PS5 175 gigabytes are being used for its uh, uh, like the... Uh, the software that it runs on. And so you're only getting 825 gigs of SSD, um, which that is kind of, that's a bigger difference in storage. Um, But nowadays, like, I think, what did you say that, um, how much is Call of Duty Modern Warfare on your Oh my fucking God. It's like right now it's close to 140 gigabytes. 140 gigabytes. So right there, that's, you know, these, both of these systems, you're probably going to be able to store maybe three to four games on it before you have to get some kind of, upgrade to that um the great thing about those ssds a lot of people don't understand um is that uh an ssd loads your game information like the the loading times so there's a hard drive inside your ps4 pro well an ssd reads it at like lightning fast speed um so that's why you're able to see that, that i think sony showed off how the load times in spider-man are it, it's going to be great like i'm super excited for that uh both of these consoles are going to load games extremely fast uh from what i read today that both of these car ssds are not even in pcs that are high-end right now wow. uh, they're not even out yet so uh 
and then optical drive HD 4K Blu-ray discs. So when you people say that the Xbox Series X is going to be powerful, okay, on paper, but I guarantee when, especially like games that are being developed to be multi-platform, you're not going to notice a difference. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's the goal, right? And I, I Sorry, think I had that box that for a minute. No, yeah, no, I appreciate all that. That's uh, more knowledge than I had at the moment with all the specifics and things. So you're definitely more, since you built a PC, you've got a lot more knowledge in that sense than I do. I'm a little bit more of like, oh, yeah, I turn on my PlayStation. It runs real good. Um, so, totally too. <laughs> you know, and so uh, the difference, you know, there is, I, I'm wondering if it's going to be the, similar to the difference between the PS4 Pro and the Xbox uh, One X in that, you know, the, you really can't tell. Because you, these, I mean, these third-party developers especially have to develop these games for PC, PS4, and Xbox, right? Or P- PlayStation and Xbox. So they have to kind of make sure that it runs good on everything, right? And that means they can't delve into the specifics of, hey, well, Xbox has a little bit more power here. What if we did that? Or P- PlayStation has a little bit more power here. What if we did this? Right. I don't really think that they're going to be able to develop their games that way because they're developing one game. So when you start breaking it down that way, really the power matters for exclusives, right? It matters how Sony Bend is going to take a look at the PlayStation 5 and say, ooh, we can add more zombies in our next Days Gone game or we can, you know, whatever it might be. And Gears of War can run way better here because we have time to sit down with the proprietary, with the proprietary system and say... And talk to people at Sony and say, what's the best way that we can make this work? Or Xbox, you know, what's the best way we can make this work? How can we make this run faster? How can it look better? And they'll be able to get help in that way um, because they are first party. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see with exclusives how all of that ends up shaking out. It's all because- going to come down to what the developer can do with the tech. Um, every uh, The one thing that this kind of reminds me of is um, in the PS2 era, you had games like uh, GTA 3 that, you know, at the time were really cool. We'd never seen an open world like that. And but it's still you go back and you look at it to this day. It's pretty blocky and things like that. Um, but then you had games like Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec. Uh, Polyphony did a fantastic job with that. And then, you know, Hideo Kojima and his team at Konami at the time, Metal Gear Solid 2 like you go look at the difference between Metal Gear Solid One and Metal Gear Solid Two, it's insane. Right. It's it's a that was the most gorgeous game, and it was it came out at the beginning of the console's generation. And usually, um, the more technical, heavy games come out at the end of a console's life cycle because developers have had time to work with that tech. They have understanding of it. Uh, generally the games that get released at the end of the console generation are usually the ones that take the longest to develop. Like, you know, you had elder scroll Skyrim for the PS three and Xbox 360 that came out in 2011. That was two years before that generation ended. Uh, the last of us was like probably the most, be- I think the last of us is the be- most beautiful PS three game. Yeah. That and GTA five, which both, you know, GTA, GTA five was, cross-platform um because it came out at the end so and now look at where we are with uh games like god of war ghost of tsushima the last of us remastered spider-man their uh, horizon um there we're at the end of this generation developers understand the hardware we couldn't have had a game like horizon at the beginning of a generation you know what i mean no i completely so, agree yeah i think over time 
I think the tech demo, if it was that gorgeous in a tech demo, go look at tech demos for like PS3 and PS4. And then go look at like Ghost of Tsushima's trailer. I can't imagine what these games are going to look like at the end of these life cycles. Me either. Uh, I'm I'm excited. You know, one one thing I was playing Dragon Age and there's a lot of load times, right? There's a lot of time where I'm sitting with a little loading screen at the bottom. And I was thinking to myself, I cannot wait until this isn't a thing anymore. Because... What happens when, you know, you hit a load screen, you pick up your phone or you, you know, do something, you start doing something else, or you're more likely to get up and and be not as immersed. I want these next gen systems. When I sit down to play a game, I want to be able to boom, boot it up and go quickly. I want to be able to get into the game, play because it time is precious and I don't have time to sit. You know, if I play for two hours and then 10 minutes of that time, when I play for two hours is sitting at a load screen, come on. You know? you know, it's like when we had gotten try to I try to get you and Matt to get back into Destiny Two, which is a great game. But like, say you wanted to grind for one of the weapons um, that take a lot of steps and effort to get through. The load times in that game on console are ridiculous, mm-hmm. and it's like you said, your time is precious. By the time you load into it, you don't even want to do half of the shit that you need to do to accomplish what you set out to do in the first place. Yeah, and it's similar. I was I, I streamed a little bit of Destiny Two, and I, I was also streaming um, a little bit of Overwatch for for a minute. And both of those games, I, I didn't want to stream anymore because I was spending so much time in in lobbies. I was uh, queuing into a multiplayer match, and with Overwatch, especially with the new queue system there. Um, but we can get into maybe that in another podcast. So do a little touch on Overwatch a little bit, but. Uh, it, with Destiny, especially, I mean, between multiplayer matches and then between traveling from world to world, which you jump around a lot in Destiny, I'm sitting there for I don't even know how long sometimes, up, up to two minutes to jump from world to world. I mean, the load times are egregious. And then I get in and I, I jump on my bike and I start, you know, powering through to get to the other side of the map, which I need to get to. And then I stop and I have to load even when I'm in the game. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like, I can't, I can't believe it. And Destiny is so fun and I enjoy the game so much. But I, we were, we were playing together and we would just hit these walls. We were like, both like, you know, riding around on our little bikes. And it was like, I was able to go put loading. my daughter to sleep and change her diaper while yeah. we were looking to get into a match. Yeah. That's not even a joke. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 pretty insane. So I, I've uh, yeah, the, for sure the speed of these consoles I think is what's really exciting. Um, also, I think with the exception of the sounds like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I think most games I think it's not going to be that tall of an order. I think not. Uh, excuse me, uh, 1080p at 60 FPS is going to be the standard probably yeah. uh, for most video games. Um, I'm I'm excited for that aspect of it. Um, I'd like to see some uncapped frame rates too. I'd like to see over 60 I, I, on some I, games. My thing is, is these, we are in a deal where consoles are more like PCs than they've ever been. That is what I'm glad you brought that up. I, I don't see any reason why these, these two consoles are going to be more powerful than certainly more powerful than the PC that I currently own. They're going to be more powerful than most graphics cards um, and other PCs. Now, granted, NVIDIA is about to launch their 30 series. Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to be up there with those. But those are like $1,200 graphics cards that are going to be coming out. Um, and, you know, those are for your elitists that have the money to spend on those that type of hardware and more power to you. Um, but there shouldn't be any excuse that as a console gamer, we should not be able to go in and change. Okay, I should be able to go in like I do in 
Destiny on PC. I turn the texture quality up, but I turn anti-aliasing down. I turn shadows off so I can get that frame rate. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I, I don't want to play Call of Duty you know, at 60 frames per second, which I'm fine with, by the way. I could, love that. If, if I could get higher, if I could get 90, if I could push 100, I mean, I mean, that would be incredible. And and yes, so you're, the argument there is going to be that uh, most TVs, if you're playing on a television and not a gaming monitor, they run at 60 hertz. 60 hertz. Um, so it, that's the base. You don't want to, don't ever, if you're listening to this right now and you're trying to buy a new TV, never buy a television that runs under 60 hertz. I don't care on the size. If it's under 60 hertz, do not buy it. Yeah, don't buy it, especially if you game. Do not buy it. Yeah. And make sure it's got a good game mode and a, and, a, and a decent latency. Please make sure it's got a good latency because there are TVs out there. I So I when I was living in New York City, I bought a Sony, a 4K Sony TV. Um, I got it on sale at B&H. It was probably around five something. It was originally seven, eight something. I got it on sale. It was awesome. Great, great steal. So I picked it up. The TV looked incredible. Looked really, really great. But there were some latency issues. It was it was probably up to, I'd want to say like 36, 37 sometimes millisecond delay, which doesn't sound that bad. But if you're watching what, a football game. Right. And and if you're playing, you know, something that's really twitchy or something like that, and I'd go over to my monitor, I could feel a big difference. Right. Um, and that, so the TV I have now sits at around 20, which is great for a TV. It's a 50 something inch and it sits right around 20. So there's not that much. I can't tell that much of a difference playing from my monitor, which is one millisecond to my TV, which is 20. It, it, it's it, the difference between 20 and 30 and then 30 and 40 is unbelievable. Right. Yeah. The, I think the standard here in 2020, if you want a TV for console gaming and we, especially with these new consoles going on, I think the thing to look for is something 4k with 120 Hertz capable. I don't think there is a television that exists today that is over 120 Hertz. I might be wrong about that. And if you're listening, Hertz is the same as uh, that. That's your refresh rate. That's, that's frames per second as far as gaming is concerned. So 120 Hertz means that it could go up to 120 frames per second. So uh, on PCs for those that don't own a PC, if you're gaming at, uh, on a monitor that's only 60 hertz, but you are a, you're in game getting more than 60 frames per second, you're going to see screen tearing. Um, that's when the images look kind of distorted. When you turn quickly, uh, it, it looks like it's kind of all over the place. Rocket uh, League is big for that. Rocket League, you can turn right. the V-Sync off. And if you don't have a fast refresh rate on your, on your monitor, it's going to look screen teary. Yeah. And so, yeah, 4K 120 hertz is probably going to be the golden standard. But like you said, as long as we can, I think if we're allowed to hit 120 hertz on these new consoles, which it sounds like we should be able to, the sad reality of it is, I think because of televisions and they don't want to get into that screen tearing, not everybody's going to be able to afford a 120 hertz TV or a 4K TV. I bet most of these games come locked at 60 FPS. I would, I would assume so as well. And, and I, I totally understand that. It would be cool for games, uh, maybe even more competitive games, if they could uncap it so that if you're playing on a monitor or something like that, maybe you'll be able to get a little bit more uh, frames per second. But you also then run into the issue of people playing on console if they're playing competitively and someone's playing at 120 and someone's playing not at 120. You know, you get that unfair advantage. There's a lot of issues with it as well, which I, I can understand and respect and see. Uh, it's just something that I wish I would, uh, that I wish that they could, 
fix or figure out a way to uh, to make it possible. Do you have any other wish list things for for next gen? I, I have one more that I want to touch on, but um, as far as like the actual console itself, no um, interface ability. I think uh, there are some discrepancies when you're trying to go to the from your home screen on a PlayStation Four, even on the Pro, to go to the uh, PlayStation Store. It takes a little bit. I, I'm not trying to, you know, sound too naggy, but being able to, you know, click a button and go right down. Granted, I'm not talking about internet speeds. I totally get that. But there are times that there's a delay for it to even load the store. Um, you know what I mean? Yep. And, you know, the Xbox One, I, I had an Xbox One S was the last Xbox console I owned. And when I, I was on that in the interface, uh, I would hit, you know, L1 or R1 or even like the direction on the D-pad to like scroll to another menu to like may say go from games to achievements or something. There was a delay with that. I I, I think just uh, better interface usability. Uh, that's pretty much as far as I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, mine, mine's a little bit about that as well. If the interface works better, that's that's going to be that will be amazing. I also wish that they had uh, a little bit better, maybe internal uh, streaming capabilities from the console. Um, it would be really nice if you could get, you know, uh, maybe some way to figure out how you could get an overlay or something like that from Twitch or whatever on there. Uh, better streaming software would be nice. And, and just doing what you know the PlayStation's internal one, yeah, to be able to just download to to download maybe the Twitch app and then just go right into those games. That would be great for streamers that are trying to stream. Yeah, on console, I think that would be that would be really great. So that's a, that's another thing that I haven't really heard anybody talk about that I've been looking at closely to see if they've integrated better streaming software in there. And since the, it is more powerful seeing what they could output. Cause I know I can do, I can do 1080 P 60 frames per second on my PS4 pro natively, which is pretty crazy. Cause I can't do that. And I have a, I mean, I've got a decent laptop, but you know, I'm not, I'm not really being able to push that out and I'm definitely not gaming on it at the same time. So right. it's pretty impressive is now with it being 2020 and everything that's going on in the world. Uh, Sony has said that they don't see a delay happening. Um, Microsoft has not given a full announcement on their release date. Both are saying holiday 2020. Um, do you see these consoles coming out this year? I do. Yeah, I, I, I see them coming out this year. I think they might have they a might little bit less availability. Yeah, uh, they might have less availability, but I think they definitely, definitely will come out. Uh, this year. No, no, no doubts about it. Whether, I mean, we might not see that much in the sense of uh, availability issues, because I don't know, because of the financial situation, and a lot of people are strapped for cash at the moment, that maybe they won't go out and buy it right away. So maybe it'll end up evening out. But I do think that there will be uh, less consoles out there. And it's going to be get ready to click that order button on Amazon. Because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna need to be one of those first people, I think. Do you how, do you think there's gonna be a price discrep- discrepancy in both of these systems? Do you think one's gonna cost more than the other, like they did with the launch of the PS4 and Xbox One, or are we gonna see a competitive flat across the board, like four ninety nine price tag? That's a really great question. I think they're gonna end up both being uh, five hundred bucks. Yeah, I do too. Five hundred buckaroonies. Four ninety nine ninety nine. Um, I think it's going to be the base model for both of those. And I'm sure uh, with it being called Series X, like I said, there's probably going to be a different iteration of that someplace down in 2021, maybe 2022. I bet in 2022, we see a 
PS5 Pro. Um, but I really do think that Xbox One Series X is going to be modular. I bet there may be something you can swap out and you just like, maybe it's the graphics card or something. Um, but and this this very well may be the last generation of consoles too. Like, like you said, we may have gotten to a point, I've heard this from many uh, people in the software and tech industry, uh, we're getting to a point where that's why we are pri- prioritizing frame rate this generation because mm-hmm. the technology has peaked. Uh, even the new graphics card to come out, basically you're, 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 I think 4k 120 frames per second is the max. A lot of things are going to, uh, on the high end PCs. And that's when you are paying for those 15, $1,200 graphics cards. Um, this might be the last generation of hardware. And especially if you can mod, mod that console somehow, or plug in an adapter or something to, make it future proof. I, I I don't know. Like I do see this possibly, and that might even be what the pro, the PS five pro is. If the Xbox one series X somehow is modular, that might be what the PS five pro is. It's just the same thing. It's just, you're going to be able to replace the hard drive and graphics processing unit. So basically consoles are becoming PCs. They are. Yeah. They're, they're PCs almost through and through. And if this isn't the last console generation, it's going to be the longest console generation, I think. Sure. Because it's going to take a long time for tech to catch up and be affordable enough to come out with another console that justifies spending more money, $500, $600, whatever the next, next generation would be, uh, and have that fidelity and power. I, I don't, I don't really see it happening for a while. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I think, uh, the tech has not peaked as far as like it can't be reached, I don't think. I think uh, the sky is not necessarily the limit, but I think there is more that it could be pushed. But like I said, to get those on PC, you're you're to build a PC that could hit. With, I think this thirty and uh, they're called the Nvidia thirty series that's fixing to come out. Um, and you want to build a PC that has the best processor, the best RAM, the best hard drive, the best SSD. You're looking at spending anywhere from two thousand to three thousand dollars. Oh fuck yeah. And and that's that's nobody's going to do that. Your average uh, gamer, which is not you and me, it's people that buy, you know, uh, Madden, Call of Duty to play one to two games a year. Right. Those are the people that are selling these consoles, these that are hitting these numbers. They're not going to spend that money. You know, it's just too hot, too, too high of a, uh, a price range to justify that to only play two to three games a year. Yeah, I I completely agree. And we'll see what all of those I mean, it'll be very interesting to see what Madden and NHL and all of the, you know, the main uh, that you can say, you know, the quote unquote casual gamer plays, uh, you know, what they do with this new console and how they market it and why, why if I can play it on my PlayStation 4 and all all that happens is it looks a little better. Why am I buying a PlayStation 5? Well, you know, you got to get those people because now, I mean, especially with the quarantine, so many people are buying PS4s and and Xboxes right now. So if people are just picking it up in the summer, are they going to drop another 500 bucks in November, December for another console? I don't know. I, I, I'm not really sure. This The coronavirus is going to impact a lot more than than sales and, and, and all this. I really think, I, I don't know. I, I think the casual gamer, and this always happens with every generation, you know, you're hardcore, you're people you game every day, you know, you go out and you buy the console. And then in the years following, people save up money and buy the console. But I feel like at PS4 at launch, a lot of my friends who were more casual gamers, they picked it up. 
Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think you may see that with this generation too. I think I think a lot of people gaming is more become it's like superhero movies over the last ten years. You know, it's becoming more socially acceptable uh, to game. Uh, it's because we're all we all grew up gamers and we're all becoming you know adults with married with children, but we still want to have that as our hobby. Um, little predictions, uh, not necessarily predictions, but I have in front of me. Um, these are this comes from TechRadar.com. Uh, I want to get into some of the games that are going to be on these consoles. Um, these are confirmed PS5 games. Um, Fortnite, obviously, and that's another thing. You know, we got Fortnite, Warframe, um, Destiny Two. I'm excited to see some of these old games get how they, what they can do on these new hardware. I know, and that this might sound bad for all the hardcore gamers out there as bad as this generation was with remakes. I think next gen is going to be even worse. Mm. Don't you? I mean, think about it because the hardware is going to be there with the success of things like final fantasy seven. Who's to not say people are going to want the remake of, you know, metal gear solid one or, you know, I think, I think we're going to get not necessarily remasters, but I think you'll get a lot of those, especially in those first couple of years, like Witcher three is probably going to be on this. Um, you know, there's going to be dual copies of Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War. I'm sure right. we get ported. Um, but yeah, like I, it's it's I guarantee we're going to get a lot. But anyway, um, Fortnite, Warframe, those are two games that already exist right now. A game called Gothic. I don't know if you've seen this. This is a I think it's going to be a third person action adventure game. It's developed by THQ Nordic. Uh, that company is kicking out like 30 games. I think in the next three years is what they're trying to do thq or nordic has a lot of subsidiary studios a lot of indie studios uh, but that's their big one uh that got shown at uh i believe it was e3 last year um obviously assassin's creed valhalla will be next gen uh the rainbow six quarantine rainbow six siege quarantine or whatever the the sequel is to that and i'm sure siege will get ported uh to all these games as a service i bet Warzone continues even mm-hmm. past like uh whatever this year's COD and the next year's COD, I guarantee Warzone probably just stays and keeps getting updated. Um, there's a new game coming out, a co-op shooter called Outriders uh, coming to PS5, to Xbox Series X in holiday 2020. Uh, it's basically third person destiny is what basically the vibe I'm getting Woo. from it. Um, Lord of the Rings Gollum. Uh, this was announced in 2019. Uh it's been confirmed for PS five and series X will not be released on anything else. Um, basically a stunning next gen action adventure game as you play as uh, the character Gollum. Um, and then I think we saw at the game awards. Do you remember Godfall that was shown for the PS five? Yes, so I do. I is that a, is that going to be a exclusive? Oh, here, here we go. I, I have, said, we don't have a specific release date, but we do know that Godfall will be coming to PlayStation 5 and Epic Game Store, so it'll be on PC at the least. Um, okay. But yeah, that, that game looks really cool. It looks like a looks like a competitive RPG that maybe kind of like Destiny? I don't know. Uh, but I'm, it, not, I'm not sure. I'm excited for it. It looks really cool. Um, do you know the studio Bluepoint Blue is? Yes. They're the guys that do all the remakes and remasters. So that's a lot of people have speculated um, that Bluepoint is either working on uh, they they did the uh, they handled the uh, remake or excuse me the remaster of uh, 
Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, they also did the Nathan Drake collection. Um, they did the uh, Metal Gear Solid HD collection. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz and rumor in the video game industry that Blue Point's next remake is either going to be Demon Souls, um, which would make sense being that Blue Point usually only makes games for PlayStation. Uh, now, the Souls series is developed by, uh, they're published by Bandai Namco, developed by From Software. But Demon Souls uh, is the only one that is, is it's, it's kind of like Bloodborne. They owned that IP. So I could see Blue Point doing that. And the other one is uh, a remake of Metal Gear Solid isn't coming. They just don't know who uh, is doing He's that. doing it. Yeah. Um, Watch Dogs Legions looks really cool. I th- that, the cool thing, I don't know if you've seen that. Apparently, you can play as pretty much ev- any NPC in Legion, and they all have That's their cool. own story. And that just sounds on the graphic scale, the scale of like open world games like Grand Theft, things like Grand Theft Auto. I think that's very, very cool to be able to play as any NPC. I agree. Uh, Battlefield Six is in development, confirmed to be released in 2021 for Series X and PS5. And they're putting they're putting all their money on Battlefield Six. They pulled everybody from Battlefront Two, and they stopped Battlefield Five content early. They they, uh, they to kind of go back to the drawing board for Battlefield Six. They kind of I think Battlefield One it was really good in my opinion. I think me and you both played a lot of that. It was really fun. Uh, it's same as I I really in my opinion I thought the first Battlefront that Dice did was better than Battlefront Two personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, after all the DLC and everything finally came out, I think it's a better game. I think it looks better. Um, but what they have done with Battlefront 2 is is great to keep that community engaged because they have given that it is a completely different game than when it launched. Um, but yeah, I think Battlefield 6 better be better be good or nobody's going to care about it, especially now with games like Call of Duty doing what Battlefield does, having these large scale battles. Yep. Agreed. So, um, this game I'm really excited for. Uh, it's called God Gods and Monsters. It's being developed by Ubisoft. All they had was kind of a little teaser trailer uh, that came out in E3 last year. Um, it's been delayed from its original uh, release date of 2020 into the next financial year. So anytime next year towards the uh, 2022, we could be seeing it. Um, but a lot of speculations come out between April and March of next year. Um mm. It will be coming to PS5. It's it's a. Uh, if you're watching this, go look up the teaser trailer for Godfall. It's almost like a. It looks like a Breath of the Wild type game. It looks like Ubisoft's Breath of the Wild. Is basically the only way I can explain that. Um, let's see what else we have. Uh, Dying Light Two. It's going to be coming out uh, early 2021. Uh, the first Dying Light was a really fun game. Uh, yeah, it was. Parkour, but uh, very intense at night. Um, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. This one I'm really excited for. Have you? Did you ever see the first one? I don't. I mean, I remember seeing when it came out. I've never played it. So basically, uh, it's a first-person game. Um, the first one was on PC, and it, it's kind of developed this niche cult following. And you're basically playing a vampire in this underworld and it's a, but it's also a role-playing game. So the choices you make have uh, decisions. Um, it's going to be, I think, op- somewhat open world, like pseudo open world. Um, it's going to have dialogue choices and things like that. Look up the trailer for Masquerade Bloodlines 2. It's such a long title. Vampire, the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but that <laughs> will, the first one came to PC only. This is coming to PC, Xbox Series X, and PS5. Um, and of course, our big one here uh, that we're excited for this year, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, has been confirmed oh, for both yeah. this gen and next gen. Uh, I think that is, you know, we're sitting there talking about how we're pretty positive that Last of Us 2 is probably going to win Game of the Year. I totally forgot for a second that that game's coming out this year. I don't think anything beats Cyberpunk. Yeah, I, I it's going to be tough. I mean, you can uh, you can change how big your genitals are, so that's probably already a win in most people's books. <laughs> I can't do that in real life, but by God, I can do it in the video game. Um, and then obviously, there are things that haven't been announced, but we know that are in development. Things such as Grand Theft Auto 6, uh, yeah. The Elder Scrolls 6, which... Pete Hines recently came out and said he he just basically said don't expect that game for several years. Yeah. Well, then why'd like, you tease it? Why'd you well, then why'd you tease it? it? Well, we because because you had a panel at E3 and you shouldn't have. Like I don't know why they give some of these companies like Bethesda and stuff their own showcase when they could easily put the games that those companies have inside. Like you give half of those games, you put Doom and you know. Uh, evil within on playstations and then you put uh what is the other one that they developed uh that they're that they published uh, uh i don't know it was rage 2 you know you okay. put that on xbox and stuff like that you don't have to have a panel you don't have to stop announcing games that aren't even really in development for you know what i mean yep. like that does nothing for anybody but uh i i think uh we can both agree that next gen is going to be awesome is it going to be better than this gen? Wait. i don't know this this yeah, one was I don't great. know. Wouldn't you agree this is one of the best place uh best best uh generations ever? Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's so strong. There's so many amazing games, great titles. It started strong and it's going to end strong. And there were great games uh, in the middle as well. It 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 changed it changed a lot. I mean, you know, Battle Royales came out. That changed everything. There are so many things I think that we're going to look back on at this generation and realize that it just was different like it 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 did thing this generation did things that past generations hadn't done it really pushed forward consoles it pushed forward the way games are developed it it created new genres i think it's it's huge it was it was huge and i love it i mean the ps4 might go down as my favorite console of all time currently I'm right there with you, man. Like I, I love, I've gamed since I was as, as young as I can remember. I think five, I played the NES and, and you know, I've played NES, SNES, PlayStation at the original Xbox. I played in 64. I've played PC. Uh, I've grown up with video games, but this last generation, man, was something special. Um, the video games, it, it just took us to different worlds that we never thought we could reach. Um, it's, it's, it's been exciting. Um, it's going to be exciting to go forward into that generation. Uh, uh, you know, we have a new console generation coming up and what better way to celebrate new consoles than with a new podcast uh, yep. about video games. Uh, this has been the remote gaming podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed. Um, we're going to come at you every, try to post every Monday or Tuesday, um, mm-hmm. try and get in the news from the previous week. If you have any questions, uh, comments, or anything you'd like to tell us, any corrections that we need uh, that we ever may mess up on, you can reach out to us at remotegamingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Twitter at uh, it is remote underscore gaming 20. 
is our handle. And you can also look us up at Remote Gaming Podcast on Facebook. I am one of your hosts, Joseph King. And I'm Kevin Corkum. Kevin, why don't you take us home? All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. We appreciate it. Later.